0: Hi everyone, my name is Connie Leon and this is Taking Back Your Power. The purpose of this podcast is to share my experiences during some very difficult times in my life, to share that you can empower yourself to survive those moments and come out on the other side, and ultimately to embrace them and take back your power. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. So I decided that um, in 2022, which was just three days ago, our new year uh, came in to be that I needed to get back into podcasting again. And I'm so excited because I have a really special guest and she's really, really good. And I've known her for a long time and we've been trying to get this going for a couple of weeks now at, you know, with the holidays and craziness happening we haven't been able to but um so as you all know my podcasts are 50 First dates and taking back your power so I decided that with this one we're going to do kind of a merge of both right because we're going to talk about relationships we're going to talk about taking back your power um and just a little bit more of our stories and our history and how we got to where we're at um, so my guest today is April and I always say your last name wrong Monterrosa I
1: got it right.
0: right. I always look look at it and I'm like, that's a tongue twister and it could go so many other ways. Um, so April Monterosa, she is from San Antonio and just a little background. April and I met at a conference. Oh my gosh. Was it 2014? I think it was 2014.
1: It might've been before that. Yeah. It was a long time. 2013, maybe. Something like that, because yeah. I've been well, I was in the blog blogger world, so to speak, what since 2009 or 10.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. So we met at a conference. Um, we had already been following each other online and then we yeah. met in person. It's always that kind of thing. You know, when, when you follow people online and then you meet in person, you never know if there's really going to be a connection there. And April and I, like, we don't talk that much, but there's definitely a big connection there, right? Like, we've kept in touch all these years, followed each other, and just really kind of supported each other from afar because, you know, I'm in Houston and and she's in San Antonio. Um, And so, yeah, so this is awesome. I'm glad that we get to reconnect this way. I know. Um, And I'm going to let April just kind of introduce herself. April does a million and one things. She's a business (laughs) owner, a blogger. Aren't you like a TV host now? And you write for like a magazine, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So my, so so my whole life
1: us, has changed. Tell us who you mainly. are, who you are, and what you do. Okay. Let's so my name, is, my name is April Monterosa. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I own a publication now called Live from the South Side. And I share all the cultural things going on, events, small businesses, and interesting people in the South Side of San Antonio and throughout Texas. Uh, originally I was a spa owner I don't know if you know that or not but uh, I owned a spa for about 12 years so that was my background beauty luxury resort spa right uh and that's how the blogging came I started sharing all my business stuff and just accidentally grew this following people thought my life was interesting I don't know why but they did Well, it's uh, one of
0: those things as a business owner that because you own a business, like there's just so many aspects to it that make you interesting. Right. And then you, you fell into that time period where social media was really starting to boom. And so I think that made you kind of, you know,
1: blossom or grow in a different way. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because a lot of, a lot of other bloggers uh, that I've kept in touch with that I met at the same time I met you they're like us, they've grown into other things. And right. these newer influencers that are on Instagram, TikTok, and, you know, it, it's it's crazy how people want that. Like, they want to be that. And it's like, we weren't doing that. We weren't really sharing our lives, our stories, our families. And at that time, and I can, I'm sure you're going to agree with me on this one. We actually wrote content. mm mm-hmm. We actually shared real journalism right? that we sat and wrote.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And I think um, what you said about growing into like who we are, we didn't have as many tools. So we had to kind of really um, use all of our resources, use each other. You know, there was stuff on YouTube, but it was so new, right? So yeah. we had to really resort to like ourselves. And, and, you know, there wasn't all the tools and all the different technology there is now. And so, yeah. And a big part of it was the blogging, right? The writing, the actually sitting down and I would write like a whole Sunday morning and actually plan out my blog posts. And they weren't like 300 words. It was like 600 to a thousand words depending. So yeah, we were like content creators in in a different sense, in a
1: different way. For sure. So now that I love my publication, it's funny because going or coming from where I was, a business owner, owning my spa, I started sharing about my life, right? And I think it was Houston that reached out to me first and wanted to host me to tour Houston. And I I didn't even know what that was. That turned into uh, my niche became small Texas towns. So I became a travel blogger. And uh, again, My following's growing as a blogger, influencer. I hate that word, by the way. And then (laughs) my business, it helped my business because people started relating to me. They started feeling connected. And then they're like, oh, hey, yeah, I went to go visit this place you posted. By the way, can you give me a facial? Can you, you know, give me a massage? You know, it's so weird how that worked out. Uh, So that was what I was doing for a while. And then right before COVID, I realized that people weren't sharing about my underserved Southside community, Southside San Antonio. That part of town or this part of town has all the historical San Antonio missions. The San Antonio River runs throughout it. uh, And there's no other spot in the city other than the Riverwalk that has all these different spots, right? I mean, these are actual tourism spots that people come from all over the world to see. So I started sharing that. That led to other businesses, other people I started meeting, and I started connecting with other uh, community advocates and city officials. And then COVID hit. And, um, you know, all the the events and all the different media things I was doing, well, that had stopped because of social distancing. And uh, my publication was a COVID project, it was a creative outlet. I didn't think anything of it. Uh, My mentor, she says, pull the trigger, just do it. You've always wanted to own your publication. That was your childhood dream. What are you doing now? Nothing. I had to close my spa down. Right. And um, at the time, you know, I'm I'm a new stepmom, and all these other things are going on, right? So you know how it is when you're a, a creator. You have to be constantly creating. Right. So that's what I did. And I I shared my first where I published my first publication in August, 2020. After that, I want to say maybe the the week or two after I got a ton of press from every media outlet here in San Antonio to interview me. And they wanted to know about the publication. And they thought it was odd that I was even launching this during COVID. And um, I, I really didn't understand why I thought, okay, I guess because it's COVID and this is who launches a business during COVID, during a pandemic, right? Right. And they're like, well, you're the first Latina to even do this in your Southside community. So that's why I got a ton of press. And of course, that led me to other uh, events and business owners and just relationships everywhere. And now that we're kind of, um, you know, I hate to say norm, but. The new norm. Now that we're kind of back to the new norm, right? Uh, my my platform has just grown so much, and I'm doing different things now. Now yeah. I have a small team because uh, I can't be at home writing all the time. I'm doing more public speaking. Uh, I have a women's group now that I mentor aspiring entrepreneurs in my Southside community. Uh, I developed a kids' writing program for my publication, so my underserved kids can have a chance to be a journalist. And uh, I have several partnerships with uh, different media outlets and um, nonprofits here in my community. So my life has totally changed. That's really
0: awesome. But to think that it all just kind of came from what I think like 10 years ago when we started blogging, it was just like blogging you know it wasn't I don't think people really saw the potential in it or knew that it would grow to be what it is today um which now of course comes more like the micro blogging and the social media influencing you know and now you become like Instagram famous and TikTok famous and you you know yeah so there's all these kids on these different platforms using them very different from how we were using them um it kind of takes me back to what you said about uh relatability, right? Like people finding that relatability was because we were telling a story. Like essentially we're considered storytellers, right? For me as a mom, as a new mom, and then later, you know, a divorced mom and kind of coming back home and doing this full 360 of like my life and everything that I've gone through. Um, that storytelling and the relatability is what kind of brings people into my community and and what kind of has grown my community and my network here in Houston is because of those aspects of my life, right, where I'm a mom, I'm a first generation, you know, went to college, um, just like you, during the pandemic, I created my company, which is the Creativity Well, which I didn't know that I would have to use later, which was last year, in 2021, as my full-time income, because I lost my job in 2020, right, like, with the pandemic, I grew a company or I created a company, but then I also lost my full-time job, which I've always been a full-time employee. So last year was something that because of the pandemic, you know, I had to use all the resources and grow my business in a different way. Um, but yeah, so all of those aspects, again, go back to the fact that we were bloggers in a very different sense, in a very different time when things were first starting and we didn't have you know, the resources and we didn't have all the different platforms. I was on like my blogging platform and then Facebook, you know, Instagram and everything else came later. Um, but yeah, so it's really awesome to see like you grow because like I said, we've known each other for so long. Um, and I feel like through it, we've kind of gone through these different stages of our lives. Cause when we were met each other, we were both married, right? We both were in, in long-term marriages and, um, so, and now we're, you know, divorced and single. We we're just talking about it before, how um, you know, being divorced and single is just such a different phase. Um, of course, for me, I'm a single mom and you said you're a stepmom now. So just all these different phases that have come and that we've kind of grown into. And along the years and along the way, I've shared my story on social media, you know, and I've shared a lot of what I've gone through, not just um as an adult, but with my childhood, you know. Um And I know you have too. How um, personal have you really gotten on social media? Like I follow you and I know a lot about you personally, but how much of it have you really been able to share online that you've like felt comfortable and has helped you grow your audience?
1: In the beginning, I was very raw and open, very. Um, With, you know, everything that happened in my marriage, being a military wife, my divorce, uh, when I went through a, a suicide, I mean, you name it. I I was very raw, very open. Now that I am around more public events and my, my partnerships and my, my business has changed, I do still share a lot because I'm just like that naturally. Like, I'm like, I don't have nothing to hide, like, oh, well. I'm also a little careful now because, you know, now I have a family, you know? Um, they're not used to that whole media life. Uh, the kids love it, though. They like going to all the cool events, right? <laughs> but um, you just never know, you know, right. and, and people, mm. people are mean. So I kind of toned it down a little bit. Right. Because yeah, I now I'm really, yes, now I'm really out there, like not online, like personally out there. Right. Right. So it's like, okay, I, I I share a lot of my different uh, stories and, and uh, obstacles with people that I have connected with. So I'm like, okay, I think that's enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm sharing with the right people because it's personally, right. in person, not
0: right.
1: just online where, you know, it's just changed.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think for me, When I first got divorced, um, I was offline for like eight months, right? People had no clue what I was going through or what was happening. People would reach out. They're like, hey, you haven't posted in like months. You know, is everything okay?" Like people knew something was going on. Yeah, because, you know, you're so used to seeing you every day and you sharing. Even now, like I'll go offline for a couple of days and they'll be like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, nope, you know, just taking a little break. Like I have my kids or whatever it is. Um, so definitely people notice it and it's definitely been in phases after my divorce. I shared very heavily for maybe a year about my divorce and, you know, not necessarily all the details, right. Because there's certain things that like people don't really have to know everything, you know, and, um, through the years or through the last couple of years, um, I've shared a little bit as, as, and as much as I can. Um, and then also with my podcast with Fifty First dates, Right because I started dating and putting that side of myself out there a little bit more about like my divorce and everything else kind of came out. Um, but also just out of respect, you know, for my kids and, and for yeah. my family kind of thing, like I, not that I limit myself cause I don't, I try to be as real as possible online. Um, but there's certain things that I'm like, you know, I wouldn't want to hurt anybody or, you know, just bring up things that really aren't relevant anymore. So definitely for me it's gone in phases. So yeah. after your divorce, um, I know that we've talked about it a lot, but and for myself, like I said, I started dating again and, and putting myself out there in that sense. We were talking about how I've been single for three years. You were single for almost six,
1: you said, right? Yeah. Uh, well, over six, actually. Yeah.
0: So were there like, so because I only started like dating apps like two years ago, have there been like dating apps and all this other stuff? Like, how would you meet people?
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, I did do the dating apps a little bit, but I think being in the media world, you just you're around people all the time. You're right. are at events all the time. It's easy to meet people. Yeah. In, in this line of work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I met so many interesting people. You know, when I was single, um, I I actually had pretty good luck. That's good. Uh, I met some really nice uh guys that wanted more and i i just wasn't there you weren't ready Um, oh yeah i i wasn't ready i i wasn't ready to trust uh i wasn't ready to fully let anyone in i I just wasn't and so i did that became easy like okay you know you meet someone you have a good time and then okay (laughs) you know yeah
0: it's easy to move on when you don't have that like attachment, right. When you can easily detach from those kind of emotions and feelings. But um, yeah, no, for me, it's been, it's kind of on and off. Like I've been on the dating apps and it's easy to meet people, but it's harder to like make that in-person connection. Sometimes it feels like it's a constant, like just cycle of like messaging and planning and nothing happens. And so, so for me, I think the meeting people in person has been a little bit easier, you know, either like going out with my friends professionally or for fun, or even like with family, you know, like if I'm hanging out with my cousins or my brother or whatever, like just kind of meeting people in their, you know, like circle of friends has been easier. Yeah. But, um, I think for me, the best connections have been like meeting people professionally, like the people that I meet at like my events or my networking events, have kind of been the better connections I feel like once people are at that level of like networking or you know it's, it's a different type of connection or something more that I'm like better connected to for so sure. yeah um, that's, what, that's, and we,
1: what's kinda, that's what's kind of happening with um, with me now with, with my women's group and the different events that I do like people that have been following my journey for years yeah they're, they're coming up they're showing out they're showing up to these things. You know, or I'm getting fan mail <laughs> to the that's publication. Awesome. You know, because sometimes people don't know it's me. You know, I think right. I think now they're starting to know it's me, because I, I don't really put myself on that platform. It's about it's about my community and all that's on the south side. It's not me. That's not my platform. But um I'm 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 getting that a lot. Even though I am in a in a commit committed relationship now, but as far as relationships that I built online with just, you know, people that you meet online, you just click for whatever reason and three, four years goes by. Yeah. Now they're starting to come to events. They're starting to show up to different um, networking events and business events. And it's just, it's cool. That's cool.
0: It's always nice um, for me, like to make those connections, right? With people online. Um, And it's funny because like, I there's a lot as big as Houston is sometimes there's a lot of places where I can't go without someone knowing who I am Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes it's a good right and a bad thing just depending on what the situation is but um for you I mean San Antonio is a lot smaller has it been that way where like people recognize you and they know about you and it's just kind of hard
1: to you know be not seen sometimes yeah yeah I I get I get that quite a bit and um sometimes it's annoying (laughs) it's it's usually the day that you have no makeup on you're tired you're crampy you're grouchy you're hungry you just want to be in and out and you run into someone and they're like so excited to meet you in person you're like okay i gotta go you know it's nothing personal it's just
0: no i have this thing where for some reason i'm always like either at walmart or like at a store like with my kids and it's never like a good scene right like I'm always like mad or yelling at them because like they're always like in my face about something and so I'm always telling people I'm like if you see me at the store with my kids just please don't approach me because it won't be a good situation right but they always do they're like um well of course for my for my blog mama of dolls they're like are you mama of dolls and I'm like oh my god (laughs) fuck my life like I hate that you know I'm like they know who I am and so it's hard to escape it has it been hard for like your current partner to support that or to like you know be okay with you being like
1: in the in the spotlight like that all the time he, you know what it's funny um my friends call him Stedman like Stedman and Oprah because he's he's tall and dark right that and he's funny. quiet <laughs> and he goes with me to these events and he just is there to support me. He's just there to be my, my wingman. Like he could care less about anything, social media, anything media events. He's an introvert. He's a man's man. He'd rather be fishing, hunting. He doesn't care, but he will go for me. But, and, and you
0: guys take a lot of pictures together. I always see him in pictures with you and in
1: your yeah, stories. It seems like he's, he's really cooperative. That's good. He is. Oh yeah. He's he, but like, he doesn't, I don't mean, I don't mean like he doesn't care. Like he doesn't care. I mean, like, it's not, that's not his thing, but he will show up for me. He will be there with me to support me. And that's good. I love that. I love that. That's really good. You know, it's funny because prior to him dating in the dating world, and that's because my publication wasn't even out yet, but my, you know, how it is. You're following gross. People know you, they connect with you. And Mm -hmm when I would date someone that knew about that they're like tagging me let's take pictures tagging all my handles like, I'm like they, just oh my god, they just want to ride ride on your tailcoat yeah you know yes I'm like oh my god I did experience that in the
0: I've met boat. guys like that I've met guys like that they're just like wait you have how many followers and what do you do and like and you know and all of a sudden like they're tagging you in all the posts and making yes. sure that you're they're in all the pictures with you but yeah yeah No, um, that's actually how my uh, blog, my podcast, 51st Dates came to be because the guy, I went on a coffee date and the guy was like, oh, let's do a podcast together, blah, blah, blah. So he gets me all like excited and riled up. Right. So I plan out this whole podcast and then he fucking like ghosts me. Right. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own. And so I ended up doing it by myself, but um, I mean, it turned out great. Like, my first, you know, 25, 30. I don't even know. I don't remember what episode we're on. I think we're on episode like 30 something. Um, so yeah, it definitely worked for me. But I, I mean, I totally can see that. But yeah. that's good, though, that he's a good supporter, because that's really important when it comes to like relationships. And, you know, we talked about being um, alpha females and just kind of, you know, you're so used to running your own world and doing your own thing for so long. It's hard, you know, to kind of have that combined um partnership or have that partnership so Mm -hmm. for me it's definitely something that's important right when i'm talking to someone new or or seeing someone um that they understand it and sometimes it's hard like to have that same person who's like in the same spotlight with you i i went out with this one guy for a while and his family's like really well known in houston and and um he was in the same kind of spotlight and sometimes i was like okay like this is weird like i've never had anybody in the same like scene as me. So it was weird, but yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a good thing. So for you, um, what is it that you're looking for now within not just like San Antonio, but your career as you don't like the word influencer, but you know, it's, it's, very valid. You're an influencer in what you do and how you're, you've grown. Um, what is your next like goal for what you're doing this year?
1: My next goal is to, um, get more women on a business path. I, I, I get so many women that reach out to me, um, that are not only from San Antonio and they're, they're artists and they're photographers and they can make and build things. And they don't have support. They don't have that support to, okay, this is how you start a business. This is what you do. That's my goal to kind of develop a team to make that happen. Cause there's only one of me. I can't be everywhere at once, right? So that's, that's actually what I'm currently working on right now. Uh, we're gonna have some business classes coming up here in San Antonio for, for just the Southside community. We're starting there of course. Um, and then my kids writing program. I'd love to get uh, kids from throughout Texas and other underserved communities to have a chance at being a published journalist. You know, that uh, from what I've seen, the kids that I've worked with uh you know, I don't know what they go home to. You know, I don't know what they deal with and writing, reading and writing's an outlet.
0: It's yeah. an
1: outlet. Yeah. It's a positive outlet and it also uh, encourages education. Yeah. So I I think anything
0: creative, anything creative, right? Like I was working uh, for a nonprofit and for our after-school program, I was coming in and helping kids build their businesses, right? They were in junior high and it's, it's an outlet, like anything that's going to keep them busy and their mind off of like, whatever it is they have to go home to, I think is something that is positive. How did you get into working with the kids? Like, is this something you've always done or is it
1: something new? No. Um, my stepkid, she uh, she's 12 now she was this was what last year she was like I want to write for your magazine and I said okay so she did she wrote an article and then after that she says I want to write a book now oh. said, well if you finish it we'll publish it right well, she did oh wow so we had a whole book launch and everything here that girl made like 600 bucks that's a lot that of money is- for a, an 11 year old what is her book about It's called The Crafty Cortez Sisters, The Story. And it's about her journey as an 11-year-old entrepreneur. Wow. She has a business too. That is awesome. Her sister have a craft business, yeah. I love that. When I saw how that helped her raise her grades, that helped motivate more reading. She started, I taught them how to use Google Docs. So they're always writing short stories and all kinds of stuff. I'm Like man, if I can do this here in my own house, my own family, you know, I can do this in other for other kids in other schools. That's how it started. So I reached out to her school, uh-huh. and I, I I emailed the principal, told her, uh, t- gave her Bella's story, and she was like, "Yes, let's do it." So now I have pretty much every Southside located ISD involved. Wow! Some do it for extra credit. Some do it for a grade. Um, Bella's because Bella's now in middle school, but her, her past elementary school, the principal, in fact, I had the news go out there and interview them about, um, you know, how the, the whole, all the details about all the whole program, right. And, uh, this principal, I mean, she really took it to a whole nother level where they get medals, they get certificates, they get recognition, uh, at the end of the year for submitting their their pieces and for those that get published because they don't all get published we we kind of pick and choose but we're getting so many and we don't want to turn down you know everyone we want we want everyone to have some kind of chance unfortunately as you know as a writer some stuff you can't share it's either too dark too right you know whatever so we do have to say no unfortunately sometimes but we want to give almost everyone a chance so we're going to start putting them on our website And then the really, really great ones will be published because we're getting so many now.
0: That's so good though. That's such a good, like you said, outlet for them. Um, As part of my Taking Back Your Power podcast, um, my biggest question is, what is that one moment that you feel kind of broke you, but that you were able to take back your power with, right? So I always give the example of like my divorce, right? It was one of those moments where I knew that I needed to move out of this relationship right and just kind of move on with where where was I was going. Um and so in a big sense it was a big breaking point in my life, but it helped me take back my power as far as like what direction I was actually going to go in with, you know, myself. And being a single mom it wasn't easy and we talked about it a little bit before, you know, coming from like a strong Mexican background, like my parents just weren't, especially my mom was not in agreement with it. So, what has been that like moment for you where you knew that it was really hard, but you had to do it for yourself to kind of take back that
1: power? Uh, I think when my ex husband and I finally separated, this was maybe what six, no, eight years ago, nine years ago now, uh, he left me with 11 cents in the bank. I remember that (laughs) yeah and I was the one with the mortgage and the car payment and the bills because he was military traveled everywhere so he didn't really have anything uh I literally sat in the dark and cried I had left my job that I was with for years to pursue my own business because my quote-unquote husband was going to support me while I did that and all that just oh my god it broke me I didn't even tell my family. I was so embarrassed that I didn't have a separate account for my bills, that I was even in that situation because I'm always preaching to other women, take care of yourself, take care of yourself. And here I am sitting in my house, broke with no electricity, (laughs) you know, it it got bad. Um, That's how I wrote my first book. Right. Um, That's how I got my power back i I didn't allow it to to consume me as broken as I was I had to it was either I had two options. It was either figure out how to make a comeback financially or tell my family and ask for help. and I just didn't want to do that right I didn't I didn't want to at, at the time and so I thought had I done that, had I gone that route, I didn't want to hear I told you so. I didn't want to hear, well, that's why you shouldn't have married me. I didn't want to hear, I didn't want to hear anything. This was my fuck up. I should have known better because, you know, we ignore red flags, right? More love. But I, you know, I, I had this horrible thing happen to me. I had to fix it on my own. So I did. And, uh, and the journey of doing that is what gave me my power back
0: and I think I think that part is what people don't understand about like so when I first got divorced everybody was always that you know that feeling of like failure like you fucked up you know like like you did something wrong coming again from a very strong like Mexican culture background we talked about like just very strong traditional roots right where you feel that way. You feel like a failure, even for like yourself, like me, I left my marriage in a very different situation, but I walked away from everything. I left him everything, you know? And, and it was that sense of like, that's the moment when I took back my power, even if it's taken me almost three years to rebuild that, you know? Um, But finding that strength and going through that journey has made me a little bit more independent, a little bit stronger it's just really built who I am right now, that now if it happens, and it has happened to me in different senses, right? Like I lost my job last year. And what the hell was I going to do? You know, I live with my parents, which has been huge for me the last three years, but there's still so many other things that I have to do. I pay child support. A lot of people don't know that. I'm the one that pays child support. Um, I still have my own car. I still have my own insurance. I still have to provide for my kids. You know, I don't, I don't let my parents buy my kids groceries or, you know, feed them. I always try to make sure that I'm the one feeding them. I'm the one buying them clothes. You know, my kids have all the extracurricular. So there's just so many things that even though I've already fully been broken at some point, I know now that I can recover a little bit easier. And of course it breaks people in the sense of like tradition and I'm a single mom and I'm back in my parents' house and you know, what was the point of getting married and having a wedding if you were just gonna come back? So there's so many things that, you know, come back
1: to you. Oh, I know. And, and in my case, my, my parents, they didn't want me to marry him. And um, they really didn't get involved in my business per se. They, they really didn't. But my parents have been married almost 50 years. So it's kind of like, ugh, that's, that's my example. Why, why didn't that happen for me? It's, it's right. kind of like, you're kind of embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. And, and you feel like a failure because I came from this, in my case, both my parents are strong people. They're still very much in love. They're funny and silly and they have date nights and they've That's kept so it cute. alive. Yeah, they've kept it alive all these years, right? And you, you can't help but think, why didn't that shit happen for me? Why? Right. I did everything right. Why? But it's, but while you're, you're, um, rebuilding that, that power in you, you start to realize that it wasn't you, it was who you were trying to do it with.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's that, um, that compatibility and that kind of, um, connection that now, you know, that I've been single for three years and, so from, in my case, I don't know how old you were when you got with your ex-husband, but I was 18 when I first met my ex-husband,
1: and was I, was,
0: I was with him until I was 37. Like that's a whole lifetime. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's a whole lifetime. So in the last three years, I've been able to figure out my strengths and my weaknesses and the things that I love and don't love. And so while that connection lasted for a really long time and it was great, there were so many things missing and so many things that now I know, you know, about myself that, that that because it didn't work out because it just wasn't the right time the right connection whatever it is it wasn't you it's not you you know it's not me I know it wasn't me I know that there's just so many other things out there for me right now and and yeah so definitely I understand that
1: and and people outgrow each other too yeah definitely I mean for being with someone that young and then to your 30s I mean you're not the same you're not 18 right yeah. You're going to change. Yeah, you know? there's just so much. And just with that,
0: um there was that instance where like my mom couldn't understand that, you know, the simple fact of outgrowing someone, right? Cuz she's been with my dad since she was 23. You know, my mom's in her 60s, they've been married for as long as I've been alive, 41 years. So, you know, it's it's something that for their traditions and, you know, their like um mindset of like you stay with someone till you die good or bad, you know, it that's just their mindset where my mom couldn't grasp, like, why are you leaving him? He never hit you. He never this, he yeah. never that, you know? And I'm like, why does it have to be that extreme?
1: <laughs> you know? Why- not, but, but not everybody grows together. Yeah. And, and exactly. I, and I've seen that in couples that my parents know that, you know, um, they grew apart or they just grew in different directions. So you, you, you either grow together Grow in different directions or you grow apart. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's
0: and it's happens. hard.
1: And it's, it's hard, you know, especially
0: hard. for like us, you know, we had our two, my two kids and we've, we we've figured it out, you know, at this point, three years later, we've, we've managed to kind of work through it and are still figuring it out because of my kids. But um, it was hard. It was, you know, it was so hard. I still went through a lot um, regardless of whether I walked away or, you know, who left who it's still a hard situation. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Um, So I don't even remember where we, I think we got off course from my (laughs) original question. Um, But yeah, so you're doing the mentorship group, which I think is amazing um, because a lot of women, especially for in this industry, I feel like we didn't really have a really good support system for such a long time that we ended up having to create our own support system, right? Here in Houston, I created Houston Latina Bloggers with another group of ladies. And, you know, that group has really grown. Um, so I think that's a really good thing that you're doing business-wise because, first of all, business strategically-wise, you know, to get your business out there, what you want to do, it's great. Um, but then to just kind of empower and grow other women in your community
1: is amazing. You know, it that's not easy because then you get the... Uh... The women that don't support you. I, I meet a lot of, and I, I had that happen for me. Being an alpha yeah. female, a lot of jealousy comes with that. Yeah, and I, I've seen, you know, just just the different things that I've seen on TV or or in online from myself. You know, whenever people send me, hey, I saw you on this. I think that's crazy. Like how much my stuff has grown that it's actually kind of gotten me to outgrow people right in my life. It comes with that. And, yeah. and, and I, I talk to women all the time about that. You're going to outgrow people, especially people that have a dream and they're not doing shit about it to make it come true. And yet here you are hustling a job and school and or whatever it takes. Right. Right. You're going to get that. Right. So it's up to you. Do I keep trucking along and just, you know what? Yeah. No, thanks. Stay away from me. Or you, you don't do it. Like the choice is yours. So I I preach that a lot to these women because I know what that's like. And I don't have sisters. I grew up with all boys. Wow. So it, that's easy for me. Yeah. I grew up with sisters. I didn't grow up with a girl drama. So that's easy for me. Like, okay, well, whatever.
0: It's easy for you to <laughs> just No, I think for me, one of the biggest things is like, there's, what is that saying? There's a lot of chiefs and not enough Indians, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, so the thing is like, there's so many people at at your, who think they're at your level that are like, oh, I can do what she does. Like, you know, like why is she doing it and I'm not doing it? Well, okay. But let's do something, you know, versus like, if I'm taking the lead and helping you and doing it, like, let's all do it. You know, like, don't just say you're going to do it but then don't do anything. Like, that's always been my thing. It's like, everybody's like, oh, I can help you. I can do. But then at the end of the day, they would always push me in front and I'd be the only one doing. So I'm like, if I'm going to lead then I need you to follow. Right. Unless you want to be the chief. And then here you go. Here's all the things, you know, that usually doesn't happen. Right. No, it's just, it's insane. But at the same time, um, again, it's a part of that journey. It's a part of that growth of like where we are and what we're doing now. So I definitely think that um for you, I mean, like I said, I love everything that you're doing. And and even if I'm in Houston and you're in San Antonio, I feel like we've just kind of still supported each other in somewhere. Oh, another. for sure. Yeah. Especially like being single. Like I know when you were single, like I was always something that I was like in the back of my mind, you know, how can I help? It's hard when you're married and have single friends because you don't know what that is, right? And for me, like it was really hard. I hadn't been single since I was 18. And now that I'm single and I know people like you, I'm like, I just feel like there's that little support right there that I'm like, if I have a question or if I have anything, I could always come to you. And then, like I said earlier, watching you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, watching you in your new relationship,
1: just gives me so much hope, you know, and just, you know, it was hard being a military wife and having friends that were married and single because my life was kind of a little of both. My, my ex-husband didn't live here for a long time. He was deployed a lot, TDY, whatever. So I was like, it was like, I was single. I could be with my single friends. And then my married friends were judgy. Cause they're like, well, what, why are you not with your husband? Why, you know, then there's that. Right. So, um, yeah. Cause my, my marriage was not traditional. I, I didn't, pack up and leave everything which I'm I'm glad I didn't now <laughs> but right so I get it no for me
0: I think that um a big thing now is like having married friends which I don't have a lot anymore I have a lot of single friends because um their thing is like oh well you don't have your kids like all the time like you know the understanding of like he has the kids full time and I, I have them a lot, you know, like the last two weeks they've been with me, except for a couple of days during Christmas. Um, but, you know, whenever I can, I bring them with me and they're with me all the time. But uh, for the most part, he has them. And, you know, people are like, oh, well, you don't want to see your kids. No, oh, yeah, I see my kids all the time. Like, I'm just out having fun too, you know, and trying to enjoy my life and what I want to do. So it's hard. It's always, it's going to be hard. I'm sure,
1: I'm sure you get judged yeah. for that. Oh, definitely. I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, You know, I, I, I'm my relationship now I'm i I'm with a single father that has five daughters and I have no children, right? I don't care if you have children or you don't blending families and, and being with someone that comes from a completely different world than you. It's hard. It is not easy, especially when you're both used to taking care of everyone, when you're used to doing everything you're used to being the one running everything. I'm with someone that's used to running everything. I mean, Well, he has to, he's a, he's a single dad. Um, it's very hard right. to, to figure out the compromise. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's an adventure in itself, but it, it, it's hard. It, relationships are hard. Blending families Scarlet. are hard. Yeah. All of that is hard. There's, there's no easy way around it.
0: Definitely. No, definitely. I um am seeing someone and I've been single and kind of just doing my own thing for so long and not really been in a committed relationship. And so we've been going to certain places that I usually go to by myself. And I'm like, I don't come here with anyone. So it's kind of weird <laughs> that you're like following me around, right? Like, like I usually go to Galveston by myself, right? And he's like, Well, what do you do? I'm like, I sit on the beach, I get me a drink, you know, and then I go eat lunch. And then I take a bunch of selfies, like, and he, you know, it's weird to have that person because now I'm like, well, does he want to walk on the beach? Like, does he really want to go here? You know, so it's kind of hard to figure it all out. Relationships are hard as a whole. So yeah, just definitely a whole other thing. Um, April, this is so good. I loved our conversation. And um, I think that it'll help a lot of women definitely kind of, you know, we're all trying to navigate um, that professional mom, you know, like side gig side of us, you know, and then, and then to bring in like marriage and, you know, boyfriends and relationships, like all of that, it's a, it's a big like balance of everything that you have to figure out all the time. So for
1: sure. Oh yeah. I love it. Um, where can can, people, no, go go ahead. No, that's what, uh, that's what I noticed that has changed in my, in my life, my, my female relationships, my friendships, um, I'm befriending more entrepreneurial women because they understand it. Yeah. They get it. Yeah.
0: There's that they get, relatability. They get the again.
1: balance of love, family, and the hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it, a lot. And it's Juggling possible. It.
0: It's possible because I know I get a lot of like, how do you find time to do it all? I'm like, you just- You make it. time.
1: Yeah. You, you will make, if it's important to you, you're going to make time. That's Definitely. what I tell women all the time. Because they give me the- well, there's this, there's, I'm like, okay, well then don't do this, do that
0: instead, Yeah. you know, like
1: you have to figure out what's important to you.
0: Yeah. Give those things, your priority and your time and your energy and effort. And it's, it's what'll grow. And it's what'll, and you always, I feel for me, I've always just had to do those things that I'm really passionate about because when I don't, it's those times that I lose myself, right. Where I'm like, I'm just following the crowd or just doing what my mom says to do, or just doing what so-and-so did. Or those are the times when I like lose myself and I'm like, no, no, yeah. no. What is it that I want to do? What do I want for myself and what makes me truly happy? For sure. So yeah, I love that. Um, what, where can people connect with
1: you? I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SATX and April May Media. Awesome. And I'll tag you also when I post
0: the podcast. So that way everybody has your information. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Yes. Thank you guys for listening.